0: So let's talk about some trades. I mean, we've seen a blockbuster trade with Blake from the Clippers to Detroit, which I think was an unexpected move by many. I, I, to me, it was a head scratcher. Um, I feel like with the Blake trade, it really didn't it really didn't move the needle for either team. I think it, it kept both teams where they were. It gives them a different outlook, maybe to the fan base of where the team is going, the direction. It sends a different message, but I don't think that the trade really changes the dynamic of any of those teams. It maybe gives. Detroit the future prospects of getting another superstar to come play with Blake because we've seen how much success he had with Live City, but his injury history is kind of a drawback for a lot of players. Like can we really expect him to be there? Do we really want to go to you know to Detroit and have to soldier on without Blake if he's not there because that is a, a real possibility. Yeah. And then you look at it on the other side with the Clippers, they're they're losing their star player. Is there really a fire cell? What exactly are they doing? Because chris paul was gone they traded him to get a lot of rotation players and pieces and now what exactly is the direction of that team
1: i think it's real obviously clippers are rebuilding and the rumors before the blake trade because there weren't really any rumors about blake that just came out of nowhere honestly. deandre jordan like we were talking about to maybe to cleveland
0: milwaukee I heard lots of teams would killed to
1: have lou williams right so that was the chatter around the league and i think the sort of next level thinking is, okay, so if you are willing to sell on those guys, then why would you still have Blake on the team? So you're going to blow up and rebuild around Blake and Blake's going to be okay on a crap team for three years in his prime years. Well, that doesn't make any sense. And then, so then you would trade him after making those deals when everyone knows you need to trade him. So I think Jerry West being the brilliant, uh, team builder that he is, said, all right, let's flip that and reverse it. Let's trade Blake first. Um, Let's tell the league that we're serious. Let's get pretty maximum value for him right now because he's a guy who's, uh, you know, over the last couple games, playing at a very high level, right, and still at the prime of his career. So let's announce to the league that we're serious, and then let's create a bidding war over these other guys who are specialists and can fill a role on various teams. I love it for the Clippers because I think that Blake's contract is just too long and too expensive to ultimately work out. I agree. For the next two years, he could play at an all-star level, right? He could play like one of the top 15 players in the league. Possibly. Possibly, which I'm being a little generous there even to say that. And, okay, if that's what happens, then, then that worked out pretty well for Detroit. But you've got several years left at an escalating salary for and in the twenty-one-22 season, I mean it's two thousand eighteen, we're talking about two thousand twenty-two. This guy's gonna get paid thirty-nine million in one season when his knees and feet and everything else are nowhere near where they are right now. On a guy who has played much of his career above the rim, I I just I love it for the Clippers. They sold high if they waited a whole other year, they would not get the kind of value they that they got in the, this trade. And I think Jerry West uh, was brilliant.
0: I mean, I agree with that perspective because you do you lose some value for Blake if you get rid of everyone else and now you have Blake this piece. It becomes obvious there. that you want to move him. It's obvious that you want to get him off your roster, so teams are not going to give you what they normally would if it was just a fair, a fair playing field. So I, I agree with that, but I think – I don't know if there was really any winners to the trade. I mean, I like the trade for the Clippers because they did gain the flexibility. They did get youth. I feel like comparable Tobias Harris to Blake Griffin. Nice you might player. Be getting a, you're getting a decent player, and then you're getting something to build off on with A.V. Bradley and defense and culture. He's been with Doc.
1: He's another trade piece that we're still close to the trade deadline. How many decent be, teams would kill to have that
0: guy in the rotation? I mean, Oklahoma City doesn't have the first-round pick to offer, but Maybe a future pick. Let's say, let's say if the Clippers want us to go a step further and say, well, well, we want to get even younger. Let's take maybe an Abrines and a Terrace Ferguson and then a Jerome Grant. Right. For Avery Bradley, Grant's a nice player, and, and, so, and yeah, then you you don't know what Terrence Ferguson is going to be yet. You're taking a flyer on him. Yeah. You know, Abrines has a shot, and then OKC and I, gets exactly what they need in that. that and I defensive. think Avery
1: Bradley is a free agent pretty soon. If if either this summer, I think so. either this summer or next summer. So yeah, you um. You get a couple future pieces for him. Maybe you don't maximize the full value of that, but I, I just think it's a great move for the Clippers. I understand that when Detroit looks at the Eastern Conference, they see that it's pretty wide open. Here they are at the nine seed, right? They're, um, they're more than a game out um, of the 8th seed, but it's not a really strong Eastern Conference, and you basically get better right now you more or less guarantee a a decent chance at making the playoffs question is what is that really worth because I just feel like the future is capped out and when you're paying this much money to this kind of guy how are you going to add the perimeter strength Um, I mean honestly I just thought about it right now but like you're really banking on Stanley Johnson to get a lot better Within the next two seasons. But the rumors
0: are out there that they're looking to trade Stanley Johnson as well. I mean, they have Luke Kennard. He can't defend, so you're going to have to hide him on a player, but he can shoot. If he does get more minutes, hopefully he can fulfill a role.
1: Maybe they need to do the same thing they just did with Blake and turn those potential players into right-now
0: players. I mean, I think that's that's what Detroit needs to do. But I feel like for them, the reason why they made this trade is it's not just – about it's not just basketball the own cult product it's about the fans because they have a new arena yeah no nobody was really coming to that arena they need so excitement you, know, you need to sell tickets so you have a team who's at meddling in medi- mediocrity <laughs> and then now you see they want to get a, a, a person that can drill fans yeah can you put asses in the seats is the is the phrase that do you have, you have a marketable hear. guy exactly so I think top flight talent with Blake Griffin he does that so he serves the need that Detroit has. Whether or not they're competing, because a lot of times what the numbers that we see on the standings are not what these teams are mainly competing for anyway. Definitely. They're, they're competing for their bottom line, and we see that. So if you're not going to win the championship and have these extra games where you can sell to the fans, you need to sell you need out the some fans. Seeds. That comes exactly, during the regular season. So I see why Detroit made it. I get
1: why they did it, but I just think they're trading the long term for the short term, and that just seems kind of foolish. Versus the Clippers saying, we're not going to win anything either, so you might as well improve our long-term position or at least be less hampered by the cap long-term and signal to the league that, okay, we're sellers of guys who can win right now. So uh, it's a very clear proposition to everybody. We're looking at the future. Hey, anybody who wants to win now, let's talk.
0: So, before we move on, just one last question about the Pistons In this scenario. Does this move, this type of deal, for a star in Blake? Does this speak to Stan Van Gundy's security there?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a desperate move. It's a right-now move. It's a job security move. I mean, you look at all of the bad trades of the last couple of years. Um, I'm a Knicks fan, so I go to the Bargnani trade. You had uh, Glenn Grunwald. Who's fired just a few months after that? It might have even been weeks after that, right? That's a move to try to hit a home run and, and, and swing for the fences. But you're giving up future draft picks because you made the uh, the second round and you're trying to get to the conference finals, right? When you look at Orlando, the deal that they made for Serge Baca, it's completely trading the future for right now for a team that had almost no chance of making the playoffs. That didn't work, right? And the GM was fired there. So, yeah, a lot of these moves were and are job security in the next 18 months versus is this going to look smart three to five years from now? And I think what makes a guy like Jerry West so brilliant and what makes the Clippers the winners of this trade is that that's their time frame, which is not even now that long term thinking. But it's basically saying, are you going to win the championship in 18 months? No. Okay. So you should be playing three to five years out from now. Because you're not going to be top three in the East. And even if you are, you're not going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. So what exactly are you getting? You might as well get young players you can build around. Where you get this critical mass where you're good enough um, and, and, and the growth is
0: organic. So, moving along, um, are there any other trades that you think should happen, that you want to see happen, that you think would take a team that's, let's say, like the Bucks or the Wizards, I mean, even though we've seen John Wall get hurt, but a team like that that's in the middle of the pack that, that would move them up, or let's say a team like OKC or Portland or something like that that would take them to that next step to so moving up to the top tier in the conference?
1: There were a lot of rumors about Kemp Walker um, a week or so ago because the Hornets are not playing well. He is playing well. And he's a really good point guard in a league with a lot of really good point guards. And when you look at the top teams, the Celtics don't need a point guard. The Raptors don't need a point guard. Maybe Cleveland needs a point guard, but they have more than one. Um, the Heat don't need a point guard. The Wizards don't need a point guard. The Bucks think they have one. Um, and it's probably not really prudent for the Pacers to make a big move. So out east, there's no real market for a point guard. Um, out west, hey, would the Spurs be so crazy to try to trade for Kemba Walker? Maybe not, right? Would the Thunder be so crazy to try to throw Kemba Walker into that mix and try to sell some of the future to try to make the present even better? Would the Pelicans be willing to throw whatever they have, if and they whatever have anyone would be willing to take, future draft picks But included. they must have
0: something. There there was um, a, a proposed deal for Meritage, so they must have something of other teams want. I think maybe Ashik's deal coming off the books. Like sure. That could be attractive to teams piece of and a future draft a pick. A lot of players say, okay, if we could, we'll take on this bad contract for this the rest of this year. Anthony Davis we'll and Kevin Walker? That that's, that's not bad.
1: Right? And look... Drew Holiday is a nice player, but I think I'd rather have Kemba Walker. So maybe some package that includes Holiday and some future asset, maybe that's enough for for the Hornets. They're not exactly the most rational actor. Maybe you could make a deal that they'd be amenable to.
0: So Kemba Walker's been out there. I don't know. I I think the market for a point guard like Kemba, I don't think any of the teams in a playoff hunt. Need a player like that. I Most think, of them have
1: him already. I
0: think it's gonna take a team. I mean, he's been linked to the Knicks, but I think it, it, it's gonna take a team that's like lower in the standings who wants to try to move up and, and maybe yeah. play for a lower seed. But I don't. I don't see him going anywhere right now. I don't really see a fit. I mean, maybe the Sixers. That's a possibility. Maybe they could use they could use another point guard with folks not being there. I think if they were able to go and get a point guard like Kimball Walker, that puts them over the top, and then I think they possibly finish this, the, the season and maybe the fifth seed in the yeah. East if they have yeah. a player like Kemba Walker. You put Kemba Walker with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. It's and a J. lot J. more Redick ready right now Hungie kind of Robert team. Covington. I think that that's a dangerous team right there. Yeah. I think with that young yeah. talent, I think they could make some noise. Not saying that they may win a playoff series, but with that team they could possibly take a team to six games, and depending on who they get in the first round, maybe even win. But... I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the market for Kimber Walker is really that, that solid. i um, a player like Meritage, who's out there for Chicago Bulls, a team that's right under the Hornets. Um, where do you think he lands? I, I heard there's been some rumors to the Pelicans, but that fell through. Some rumors to maybe even Utah, which was a preferred destination of his. Where I do you mean, think he lands?
1: I always think about the teams that are in contention or right around contention that could use another piece. Um, you know, maybe the Wizards. Um, The Wizards could probably use another shooter. Um, And Miritich has shot the ball this season much better than his career averages. I mean, he's been a super efficient guy and um, maybe playing better than what he really is, which is why it's probably wise for the Bulls to take a shot right now and, and try to see what they can get for him. So probably a smart idea for the Bulls to move on from him. Um, especially when they got this young guy marketing who um, plays
0: the same position plays well. the same
1: position who's stronger probably more versatile younger who has athletic. a lot more upside basically and um, is going to get better from here whereas I, I don't know if Miritich is going to play better than he's played this season so far what,
0: um, if, what if Miritich landed with the Rockets?
1: I think uh, I think he'd fit in pretty perfectly there, and they wouldn't be crazy to mortgage some of their future in order to make that happen.
0: Uh, yeah, because I was looking at it like, where would he go where he could be needed provide a fit, and a team like the Rockets would shoot If he was coming up their bench with him and Eric Gordon in that second unit, if he keeps shooting like this, he would amazing. fit in perfectly. Averaging 15, 16 points a game, that, that's phenomenal. I don't know why... The Rockets haven't jumped on that, but I mean, I think anytime there's shooting out there that's available, especially in the form of a big man, I think that's something that could put the Rockets over the top.
1: And look, we've talked about Cleveland and how their roster is a little stagnant, um, and with a guy like Kevin Love hurt, um, you know, maybe they could use another guy, uh, like Miritich. They have Korver. It's a little redundant uh, with having both of those guys, but Miritich is a little longer, and, um... He's a little more off the dribble. He's a little more uh, of a longer kind of guy. You can play at the four for stretches. Um, you know, so maybe he fits in there. I don't see the Heat doing anything. Um,
0: the he have been surprisingly good? I know. I think maybe they just stand pat and see. I what think the they just build organically of their team is, and I don't know. Does Does Whiteside want to be there? Is that the place where he fits?
1: I tell you what though. The Raptors or the Celtics, if they're willing to give up a first rounder and uh, you know an average sub rotation player, that might be enough for the Bulls. And hey, when you're looking at Cleveland and you're looking at them being a little weak, and you can add a guy like Miritich who's playing really well right now, maybe the uh, the Celtics and the Raptors are uh, you know uh, willing to make that kind of trade at this time.
0: I mean, seeing him in the, on the Celtics roster that that might be a good fit. I mean, playing a role with Marcus Morris or even just coming off the bench as he's had, he could be instant offense. Adding him to that, to that roster would be pretty deep. I think if he lands with a contender, a team that's really in contention, I think he could put them over the hump and closer to, to maybe capturing the championship.
1: I think that's where the market for that kind of guy is because if you're a team that is not on the cusp, why are you really motivated at all to go for this guy? If you're rebuilding, if you're looking towards the future, eh, I, I don't really see adding Miritich as the piece that you're going to be one of your guys that are going to build around for five years. Whereas if you're trying to make a push this year, next year, the year after that, and you're willing to give up some of the future in order to get a, get a guy who can play right now, um, you know, I feel like you have to look up higher in the standings at the Wizards, Cavs, Raptors, Celtics um, for that kind of
0: guy. So um, we, we touched a little bit on DeAndre Jordan Yeah. when we spoke about the Blake trade. Where do you think he eventually winds up? Do you think he, he ends up with the Cavs? Do you think it's possible that he may be with the Warriors? Or maybe even the Bucks? I've been hearing. Where do you think he finally goes?
1: The Bucks would be interesting. They've had this theme and even though Jason Kidd isn't there anymore of length and um, defensive length. And look, you have John Henson, um, who is that kind of player. Well, what is DeAndre Jordan, but a much better version of John Henson? Um, so maybe they'd be willing to trade a little bit of future upside potential on a guy like Henson. Um, and I'm trying to think of other guys on their roster that they'd be willing to give up.
0: Um, I mean, they have Don Maker. Yeah.
1: Uh, they you have, know, they have Maker pieces. again. Maker's that kind of guy who is hoping to be a DeAndre Jordan type,
0: broadly speaking. On um, the defensive end, but he does have some offensive ability. Whereas Jordan the is that the floor right now.
1: Um, you know, the Bucks are in the middle of the pack. They're definitely going to make the playoffs, um, but in a weak Eastern Conference, they're not far off from being the four seed or or even the three seed. So. Does DeAndre Jordan get you to be the three seed by the end of the regular season? Maybe. Possibly, Possibly. Um, And um, obviously, by firing Jason Kidd, there's some recognition in that team that the status quo isn't good enough. And so is that the same kind of team that's willing to make
0: a trade? Probably. I mean, um, I don't know exactly where he goes. I think that a team like Cleveland... If they're looking to shake things up, he possibly could go there, but I don't know if that roster needs to add anything else right now at this moment where they're in flux already.
1: And do they have enough to give to the Clippers to make it attractive enough? And the Clippers got a they pretty do. nice I mean, haul. They
0: have that Nets pick. Yeah, but they're not I mean, going to give that up for DeAndre like, Jordan
1: because, let, I mean, to to change oh. topic slightly, that's a great insurance policy if LeBron James leaves.
0: It is. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why you you do have to jump on at the deal for Kyrie Irving and say, okay, we can get this asset that can possibly turn into another superstar. I mean, we have to take that chance, but I don't know. What if they package Lou Williams and DeAndre Jordan and say, okay, we'll give you this first round. That's interesting. That's really interesting. And then now they both go to the Cavs.
1: Because that suddenly puts Cleveland back at number one in the East, and it's gets two really good rotation guys with Lou Williams, who is basically a better J.R. Smith, right, and DeAndre Jordan, who's basically a better Tristan Thompson, and you probably don't even have to give up either one of those guys if you're giving up that pick. You could probably add some spare parts in there, still have depth, still, um, uh, you know, really have a, a lot of pieces to throw at in a playoff series. <sighs> I mean. If you are confident that LeBron is staying, that's probably the move.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I But That's would, a big question. I would try... What I would try to do is I would try to engage the, the Clippers to say, okay, give me Avery Bradley. Yeah. Give me Lou Williams. Give me DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. And you can have Tristan Thompson. Here's Eamon the pick. Here's the And here's J. the pick. Smith. And here's the pick. And yeah. so now what... I love that. Cleveland is doing... I love that. By making that trade, they're saying, okay... We're giving up some of these pieces in this draft pick, but we're bringing back defense. We're better right now. I think what Avery Bradley does is he shores up their perimeter defense. Yeah. If he slots much in that better spot, than
1: Schumpert. that's what they wanted of Schumpert and Bradley's exactly, just better at it. And
0: he can he can make a shot. Yeah. So I think with him being around LeBron James and having just that championship level, I think he's gonna be able to say okay, and then he's gonna be back on the team with it.
1: All three of those guys are better versions of the guys they're replacing. Jordan. Um Lou Williams, right, and, and Avery Bradley. Bradley. They're all exactly what Cleveland has, but a better version of it.
0: I mean, I think I think Cleveland should jump in on that trade. And they have two first round picks. They also have their own. I think they have someone else's, if I'm not mistaken, like all second round And pick. again,
1: that's the New Jersey, excuse me, Brooklyn, Nets pick. So for the Clippers, that's quite
0: an asset. It is. I mean, it's a top ten pick, possibly in a, a, a very deep draft. It's top five pick. Nets are 18 and 33. Um,
1: That's more or less five or six right now. Just about. Um, And you never know how the ping pong balls fall, so that's a pretty good odds of being top three. Um, It's obvious, given what we said already, that the Clippers are rebuilding. (sighs) I think that's a match made in heaven. And the clock is ticking um, for those two teams. Um, If... If LeBron's going to stay, you have to do that move.
0: I mean, I don't know if LeBron stays. And that's why maybe they don't do that move. And I think that's what's holding them back from from saying, okay, let's, let's pull the trigger, because they have to balance that future against right now. Like, do we appease everything that LeBron James wants? But we know that there's the possibility of him leaving, and he hasn't even committed when and so...
1: Yeah,
0: that's not... Let's. I mean, let's. Let's say. Let's say LeBron does leave. Yeah. And they. they give up that pick to the Clippers. This That's, a it's That's a disaster. It's a complete disaster. And they have to be reading the tea leaves no to agreement. know that that, that
1: was going to happen ahead of time. So, so
0: it's just they're they're in a tough spot. I think what whether they do, make
1: that deal or not is very telling of whether LeBron stays or not.
0: I think it's very indicative of whether or not right. they believe he stays. And but we will know, and they like, haven't. They haven't got him to commit. Basically,
1: a week we'll know. How that shakes out, because if you're built, I mean, look, if LeBron's on my team and I expect him to be on my team for the next five years, I'm trading that pick.
0: I don't need that pick. I don't, I don't need another player pick. who's right. going to come in and we I'm have to sell the future
1: him. for some really nice right now. That's assets. exactly
0: the reason that we got rid of Andrew Wiggins. That's ex- that's exactly why he's not on the Cavs right now. And so they
1: don't do that. That speaks
0: volumes. I mean, it does. It really does. Are there are there any other players out there who who are Possibly going to be traded. Who makes an impact on on what happens in NBA? season. I know Tyreek Evans' name was floated out there. Does he really make a, a change to whatever team? He's I don't dealt think he puts
1: with? anyone over the top or really changes materially where anyone is right now. Um, you've had a lot of injuries, right? So Boogie Cousins is not getting traded. He's not. Kevin Love is not getting traded unless um, a team is really willing to look at the future, and right?
0: Those- Those two players actually were... were, There were some rumors that they would be traded for each other. Absolutely,
1: because Boogie would probably fit in pretty well on uh, on the Cavs. And, you know, Kevin Love is still a really productive player. Um, I I just don't see a whole lot outside of this. Other teams are going to make moves. You know, I don't understand why the Nuggets have some of the guys they have. Um, The Timberwolves... uh, would be the kind of team that would be buyers at the trade deadline and try to get a little more win now because things are going pretty well. Um, you know, I, and, and I think the Wizards are also, they need another piece so that I feel like they're also buyers, but in general I think it, it's really only those top teams that know that they have a puncher's chance against the Warriors that are really willing to do anything significant.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at the landscape of it you, you would think that these teams that are at the top, they're going to be there for the next two, three seasons possibly. So I feel like any other team who is making a deal at this point, what you want to do is if you're not trading for superstar players and say, okay, we're trying to get this superstar player to try to pair with possibly another one and go all in, then I think you're just really playing for the future. And any trade that you, that you do or that you engage in should be with the intentions of gaining future flexibility. Because I don't think that – any move that any of these teams are going to do is going to put them ahead of the Cavs or ahead of the Warriors. So you have to be thinking three years plus. Exactly. So right now, I don't don't know if there's any other trade out there that's really going to shock me. Like, even hearing Blake got traded, didn't really shock me. But it was like, I heard he got traded to, when when I heard he got traded to Detroit, rather, it was like it really didn't move me. It was like, okay, Blake was traded, but where did he land? Is he going to a team that's going to compete? I mean, hearing that he ended up in Detroit was just like, it, it was not gonna see not it really a conference exciting. finals, so what's exactly, the deal? exactly. So I mean, I don't know if there's really any pieces out there this season, really for for trades. I mean, with this free agent class being so highly touted, as it may be, possibly, I don't know if we really see any teams going all in at the trade deadline. I think it's gonna be a, a relatively quiet one, and on the front of stars being moved or really big names being dealt. But we're gonna see some movement, but I don't think it it really moves anything. You know, as far as who's gonna win the championship?
1: Yeah, it's just the top teams gonna be trying to add for the playoffs, and that's, that's basically it.
0: And you spoke of um the Marcus Cousins and his gruesome injury that he just had, and that speaks of the fragile nature of the NBA. So, you, so
1: you gotta strike while the iron's hot.
0: Exactly. So I mean, when you see with these teams, I feel like there are a lot of teams that are one injury away from not competing, just like we see with the Pelicans. Their season is now basically in flux. done. So I mean, it's 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 crazy just how how the NBA is, but I still don't think that there's any teams that's competing with the Cavs and the Warriors, and there's not much that you can do on, on the way of that to compete and just wait.
1: No way.